Welcome to the Chirpin' Bird podcast. We've officially reached the uh, offseason for the NFL. Uh, the Eagles have been in their offseason for a couple weeks now. Uh, we'll talk about the Super Bowl, some uh, rumors swirling around, other news and notes, and uh, make the transition to the full offseason and uh, getting ready to uh, getting ready to get ready to ramp up. We're ramping up the ramp up to uh, draft season. So um, uh, not a not a ton of news so, uh, thus far. Uh, there's, you know, some coaching stuff that happened a little while ago during our uh, little little break uh, since the, the playoff uh, loss or I forgot when our last podcast was, but uh, uh, that's neither here nor there. But before we get started, Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, a nice little break there. Um, and you're right. There hasn't been too much, but there's kind of been little, uh, breadcrumbs here and there. But honestly, I feel like the, the biggest Eagles news since we've last spoken is Ben Simmons is now not on the Sixers and James Harden is, how do you feel? The biggest Eagles news. Right. Uh, yeah, I feel I feel pretty good. Um, uh, yeah, let's let's start with some Sixers talk. Uh, it's it's interesting. I don't know what your uh, like exposure is to the the Austin area of like sports general sports fans, but um, the the couple of people I've talked to that are not uh, Philly people here in LA. Uh, do think that the Nets won the trade. And I think that, you know, the reality is probably like in the middle, like, um, you know, both, both teams won to some extent that the Sixers gave up probably, you know, Seth Curry's probably the, uh, the biggest like hit to the team just based on his role this year. Uh, but you might not be missing him too much in a couple of weeks when Harden's more acclimated with with the Sixers but uh a lot of pro nets I think uh you know swirling around on Twitter's a lot of uh you know national media versus Philly fans like who who's more responsible for him uh uh you know and and he has since spoken and cited some internal organizational uh toxicity uh that he didn't get into specifics about but uh around here yeah it seems like they think the nets won the trade and uh i think everyone's back to uh 20 i don't know 18 rose colored glasses ben simmons of what he could be uh when when referring to him so i i do think that you know he his his role on the nets is more suitable to what what he does and he might thrive there uh, because of that but uh, I I think from the Sixers perspective, like you you have to feel good about the team that has now been fielded after years of bungling assets and trades and overpaying and guys leaving and injuries and draft picks not working out. Yeah, I, I think there's been like a, a massive. Uh, moving of the field goal posts like before the trade people are like all right like Simmons is a negative asset like 
move him for CJ McCollum, move him, move him for like uh, Harrison Barnes and Buddy Hill, just like make the deal. And Daryl held out and he got James Harden. I think that's like a massive, uh, massive win on his part. And also for the Sixers, I think it makes him a true contender, which they weren't before. And I, I think a lot of people, like, honestly, I think it's a win-win. Like, it makes both teams better in the immediate term. And I also think it, like, I, I can see why some people are saying it. It, it kind of lengthens the runway for the Nets, adding Simmons, a younger guy who can um, play really good defense and be a really good playmaker for the team. But at the same time, like, he was never back to the Sixers, so it's it's almost like an unfair thing. Like he he was literally nothing for the Sixers, assuming that he would have held his stance if it went into the off season and came back. Like I don't think he was ever playing for the team again. So I think the Nets do get a guy who makes them better, but at the same time, the Sixers just got James Harden for essentially uh, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, who was on a minimum expiring contract and this year's first which I don't think will be very high and then a a first round pick lightly protected like five or six years down the road which will probably be you know I mean I don't think the Sixers will be will be in a different mode then like it'll be post prime and bead it'll be yeah uh, I would expect it to be James Harden so yeah I mean that's that's the price you pay to be a contender now and for the next two or three seasons. I, I, th- I honestly think it's a, a win-win trade. And I think anybody who's saying very strongly that the Nets like swindled are just either lying to themselves or had their head in the sand about what the situation was with Ben Simmons and the Sixers. So I'm very happy. Uh, it kind of stinks that we don't get to see Harden immediately. I'm, I'm also looking forward to see how Ben Simmons has developed his game. And I also think like a lot of people aren't remembering the last time Ben Simmons was on a basketball court. And I'm not even saying like the last few minutes of game seven. I mean like the whole series and the season leading up to it, he has kind of lost his luster over the course of the past few seasons. And he hasn't really showed much growth in his game. And I think a lot of people were talking about how his, his contract was a burden. So I think a big part of how this will uh, develop for the Nets is like, what's his game? Because if it hasn't changed and if similar to how he's been throughout his career, being reluctant and kind of like shooing any criticism saying like, he's already really good and, you know, he's just going to be him. If that continues, I don't, I don't know how that contract looks, but at least he's not in the, he's not in the spotlight as far as far as his presence on the court with Kyrie when he's available and Durant when he's healthy. So I'm glad that like, uh, what is it? March 10th. He says he, he hopes to be about hopes to be available. I don't think there's any chance that he shows up, but if he does, there's a lot of built in entertainment and I look forward to that. Yeah. I think, um, you know, you, you can talk about his, his fit with the nets, uh, or anyone can for until, uh, you know, forever because he, he hasn't played yet. But I, I think the the one one big difference is that the Nets have um, 
Kyrie for, for the games that, that he can play, uh, which is a type of player that the Sixers haven't had in, I don't know, over a decade or something like that. Like yeah. uh, that, that kind of um, uh, create his own shot point guard type, type guy. So that with Ben, I think automatically, uh, masks a lot of Ben's uh, offensive deficiencies. On top of that, you have Durant, who's arguably the best player in the league. And, uh, you know, the, the, the teams with um, good, there, there aren't many like great, great centers uh, besides Embiid, Jokic. I mean, like Embiid posterized Jared Allen, who's an all-star, um, or dominated. I, I mean, that, that was one dunk, but like dominated Jared Allen mm-hmm. for an entire game. Uh, so, you know, that the, the way the nets are built is pr- a pretty like, you know, modern, uh, type looking type team. And, uh, Ben, I, I wouldn't say Ben's like defense, uh, like took a step back or anything. He's still like probably the best defender, what top three defenders in the league. So I don't think that's nothing. And his playmaking ability is, uh, you know, as, as good as, you know, the Sixers have missed his, um, his transition uh, abilities, uh, offense, offensive transition uh, skill set. Um, his passing, his playmaking, but uh, I do wonder what the drive and kick uh, offensive half court game for him, uh, how, how that'll translate uh, to, to another team. Um, yeah. And especially in the context of the playoffs, like that goes right out the window when teams can put in a lot of time to game plan for you specifically and your shortcomings in the half court. And, you know, sagging off, you know, I, I do wonder if Kevin Durant will feel a little bit more uh, defensive pressure, Kyrie Irving, just because guys are leeching off. And we've, we've seen that uh, three or four different playoffs now. And same goes for Seth Curry to a certain extent. These are guys that, you know, were targeted during the playoffs. So, yeah, it, it's similar to, to football and, uh, you know, the, 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 the chiefs obviously didn't make the super bowl, but, uh, the chiefs, the bills, um, all these, all these teams, the, the Bengals to some extent minus their O line, like all these teams are these high powered offenses and the Bengals made it to the, uh, uh, super bowl with a solid defense, but, uh, you know, uh, their, their offense, especially Joe Burrow was their, uh, their strong point. Um, they have a great receiver core, solid uh, running back, and and uh, great young quarterback. And on the other side, the the Rams had uh, a very experienced, uh, deep receiver core and and good running backs. And a, a you know, the debate is going on, but potential Hall of Fame quarterback. Now that he's won the Super Bowl and uh it, it it's interesting to think like you know the, the Rams had a really great defense and they ended up winning uh but in this in the in the league now it's like you you win with your offense 
and uh, a lot of these uh, games later in the season ended up being higher scoring games. Uh, there, there weren't a ton of low scoring games to come, come playoff time. And uh, as far as like basketball goes, it's interesting. Like the, the sixer, the bully ball sixers were a defensive, a tough team to play. Um, but their, their offense struggled and, uh, it, it is interesting to, to see how, um, the, the nets now with, uh, bolstered defense and just adding Ben Simmons, but this on the other side, like for the Sixers, how, um, spacing the floor with Harden and Embiid will, uh, elevate their offense, but having their, their defense potentially taking a, a, a step back. I mean, I guess it already took a step back because Ben wasn't playing, but um, how, how much the offense defense balance, like tilting towards offense does for the Sixers and how the, the lesser offense for the, for the nets uh, will affect them come playoff time. Cause I, I do think that there's a lot to, you know, Ben, Ben being a offensive pretty much zero on, uh, in, in the playoffs, but still being the, one of the anchors of, of their defense, you still have to score on the nets as, as well. So how, how much offense takes precedence over, over defense and how that shows up in the playoffs. Yeah. I think that's a good comparison. But yeah, let, let's, uh, let's talk about the Super Bowl because it was a uh, good game, uh, I'd say. Uh, it was exciting, a little back and forth, uh, sort of an anticlimactic end, but uh, within, within one score till the end. So, you know, the, the Rams ended up uh, taking the game 23-20 over the Bengals. Uh, they were up early. Bengals rallied uh, towards the end of the first half and then took the lead in the second half. Uh, and then the, the Rams came back. I, I, it seemed like it was just the one that one drive that the Bengals defense kind of let up or, or, you know, the Rams ended up getting the better of of the Bengals defense. The drive that ended up with the uh, all those penal- goal line penalties that uh was ending up that ended up being the the touchdown that that won it um yeah i mean certainly in the first half it felt like it was a pretty um you know like not that it was a runaway game at that point but it seemed like the rams had a pretty firm grip on the outcome of the game but then i forget if it was like the first and second play of the second half or like the yeah i think that's what it was like there was a quick touchdown, then an interception, and like the uh, the momentum, if you believe in that as a as a concept, it quickly f- uh, flipped to the Bengals, and suddenly they were surging. So it was nice that um, you know it wasn't a runaway game. I think it was the the Patriots Rams Super Bowl. Like it wasn't like one of those. It was just like kind of like an ugly, uncompetitive game, but. I think, like, generally, knowing that, like, in my opinion, I don't think either of these teams were, like, a top five team in the whole league. I mean, I, I guess it kind of depends on where you think the Rams are as far as, like, uh, 
most talented or most feared teams, but I thought, you know, it's just it's just tough to top that Chiefs, uh, Chiefs Bills game. But I, I thought overall, like it, it was definitely a good good matchup as far as quarterbacks. You know, they had um, Stafford. The Rams went all in, traded multiple first round picks to get off Jared Goff. Stafford had um, not like a great season, but definitely, you know, a season that showed that he was better than the quarterback. Um, I was kind of tied up with the Lions for so many years. And obviously you got Burrow, a great ascending talent, kind of both ends of the spectrum as far as like good quarterback situations. So I, I think it's, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of different um, Eagles fans and reporters have made that connection that, um, you know, the Eagles front office and or, um, people in the organization probably, you know, this kind of heightens the importance of this offseason, showing that these two teams both got to the Super Bowl uh, in very different ways, but both ended up with good quarterback situations. One, uh, the, the team lucked into, or I don't know if it's not really luck in the NFL draft, but it had a really awful season. They were fortunate of when they had a bad season because sometimes in a season like this, if, if you're like in the top three and like, you need a quarterback, you're like, oh, this is kind of unlucky. And the other team kind of just pushed in their chips. I think the Rams haven't had a first-round pick uh, since they picked Jared Goff. So um, I'm curious. Like, obviously, I don't really think it – like, I, I think the, the Eagles, everybody in the Eagles organization in front office know that um, – you know, this is the most important decision that they'll have to make in the next uh, three to five years. Like, what is this season? You have probably the most draft capital that you'll have in that same time span. How do you want to use it? Do you want to push in the chips and get a veteran quarterback who you think really uh, opens that contention window right now? Or do you, do you, is there a guy in the draft that you want to uh, trade some picks together and move up and grab? So what do you, what was your takeaway as far as that? Do you think it really, well, I guess, first of all, does it, does it change how you are thinking about how the Eagles should approach this offseason? And I guess, do you think it changes any strategy as far as what the Eagles themselves would like to do? I think um, the 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 biggest the biggest difference between the Rams and the Eagles the Eagles uh, talent like that they had a you know contender level team around the quarterback position that they can trade for Stafford and uh, you know have the pieces around I I think that trading for Russell Wilson, or uh, we can get into the rumors or the discussion about uh, Kyler Murray um, or, or any of the other potential quarterbacks that, that might become available. But um, I, I think the Eagles first and foremost need talent on defense um the the rams obviously have aaron donald they get von miller during the season those are uh you know von miller had an impact but aaron donald's like a, a 
a game wrecker, a, a big difference maker. They have Jalen Ramsey on the back end where you, you could say like, you know, Darius Slay had a career year last year and uh, I'm not sure how old Ramsey is, but um, you know, Darius Slay is what, 30, 31 right now. So yeah, uh, I would say he, he's probably like four or five years younger. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, you'll probably have Ramsey for, uh, some time as long as you can pay him. Uh, whereas the, the Eagles any year could be like Slay's decline. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that's just based on age alone. I'm not saying that like he's uh, a ticking time bomb of a, of a decline in play, but, uh, he's not necessarily a player to build a, a defense around, uh, but he's a, he's a very significant part of the, of the defense. They, their defensive line had zero playmakers uh, this year. I mean, you could argue Javon Hargrave, um, Josh Sweat took a step forward, but none of them were week to week impacting uh, games as much. Uh, I, I'll admit I didn't watch every Rams game this year, but uh, just the way that some of these guys played when it when it really mattered, um, uh, I do think part of that was the Bengals had a like one of the worst offensive lines in football. That that's I, true. I do think the Eagles D line could have popped off against the Bengals offensive yeah. line. Yeah, well, just in the, in the playoffs in general, like Brady got hit a ton of times uh, in the the Bucks Rams game. Like they they put good pressure on on Brady obviously it's Brady and the, and he came back, but, uh, or early in the game, like they were, so, they're a solid unit, like they're a unit that any, any play they can, uh, put pressure on the quarterback and you're not like wondering where, where like Fletcher Cox is or, or, you know, wondering why it's just Hassan Ridgeway and, and Milton Williams out there. Not that I like Milton Williams, but Whoa, uh, shot, shots yeah. fired. But I, you know, I think that the defense, you know, if they're going to trade two first round picks and keep maybe 15 or something um, uh, and use that on a defensive player, a blue chip player, then then, you know, that's one route. But I, I think that, you know, a lot of these early, very early mock drafts have the Eagles with uh, one of the picks taking a receiver, which you know, you look at this year, you had Rager and Watkins behind Devontae Smith, and that's not really going to cut it unless, you know, Quez Watkins takes a step forward. So I think uh, they're one, one or two, maybe, maybe, you know, just one piece away on offense uh, outside a quarterback. And then you, you have a, a couple different areas in, on defense to, to figure out. But I, I think the, you know, you look at the defensive stats and, you know, we, we go week to week during the season and they're like middle of the pack or they're top 10 or top 12 and points allowed and this and that. But then you look at their schedule, like you can go back and forth, but the bottom line is when the season ended and the playoffs started, you see these offenses and, you know, the, then reality hits of like, you know, who the Eagles played in the last six, seven games of the season and uh, what this defense did against the, the good teams last year. And uh, you, you realize that you, you really need uh, talent on defense. And uh, I, I don't think 
like I I'm not so like defense oriented that obviously I've mentioned before my favorite position group is the defensive line um, both sides of the ball but uh, I'm not so like caught up on on defense that you need to spend three first round picks on defense I know a lot of people are like oh we've got to fix the defense spend them all on defense Kyle Hamilton uh, (laughs) you know whoever else uh, who's going to be a top 10 pick anyway. So it's a, you know, they're, unless they trade up, but, uh, I, I probably like, yeah, that we could talk about a lot of different scenarios. I probably wouldn't package two picks to trade up. Um, oh, yeah. like I would, I would take more chances with the three first round picks. If you're really going to draft three defensive players or even two, um, but yeah, I think that like trading for quarterback might like I, I kind of see Russell Wilson as um, and he's obviously the big name. And I did see some sports book. I forget which one, like have the Eagles odds at like 40 to one. Like there's like 12 teams ahead of the the Eagles on likelihood on where he'll go. I forget what the teams were 12 but. teams ahead of the Eagles. Yeah, it was like, if not, um, going back to Seattle, uh, I'll see if I can find the tweet in a second, but, um, you know, if you add Russell Wilson, like I, I see them elevated for sure. They might contend for the division, but I think then you'll, you'll only go as far as the defense can, uh, not, not kill you. I, I think it makes them like, you know, divisional round contenders. I don't know if they'll, they'd be good enough to, to make it. And, you know, any, there's any given Sunday and all that, but I I think like the, the caliber that this team would be with, if you replace Hertz with Russell Wilson is still lesser than uh, these top teams. But um, to your point of the Rams as a, not top five team. I think the Rams on both sides of the ball are like very good. Neither side is like their, their offense is not necessarily better than the Packers offense, for example, but their, their defense elevates them to where I would say they, they would be on par with the Packers. If not, if not better. Um, And like the Niners defense is, is, way better than their offense. Um, so, you know, I think uh, not that, you know, the Niners and the Packers are the top teams, but they, they were in the NFC uh, mm-hmm. or they were in the divisional game, but um, yeah. So, so out of curiosity, like for me, I, I think like, I, I think, I think the Eagles will certainly explore Russell Wilson I don't think it's just smoke, although I think there will be a lot of smoke about just teams connecting the dots of, you know, either quarter veteran quarterbacks or guys likely to go in the first round. But um, for me, I, I think it's all about cost. Like, I, I think there could certainly be an avenue where the Eagles trade for Russell Wilson. He makes them maybe not an instant contender, but a team who's like right on the door and maybe, you know, depending on what the draft compensation is, how he can, um, you know, make some quality 
mid, like day two, day three picks to help kind of make a more fully formed team with a few free agent acquisitions. So like, I'm curious, where would you draw the line? Like, what's your walkaway price for Russell Wilson? And I would say for context, like uh, Daniel Jeremiah um, of the NFL Network and Move the Sticks, about a month ago, right after the Eagles lost in the playoffs, he he tweeted out this theoretical trade. But I do think there's some merit to what he proposed because he is pretty plugged in as far as league sources go. So he said the Eagles trading all three of their first round picks and next year's second round pick. All I, wait, sorry, all of these. All three first round picks and the second next year, right? So that's, the first round this year and next year second. That's where he would draw the line. No, no, that's what he was proposing. Oh, I think um, all all three. Is is tough for me right right now. Um, and maybe that's recency bias because he's he had a down year, but um, you know I'm not so in tune with the Seahawks uh, roster that um, that I, I would know like how how many injuries or like wh- why it, why it was a bad year for for Seattle this year, uh, besides like aging guys or guys leaving or whatever. Um, but I. I would like maybe try to get a fir- a later first back from them or a future first back. Um, but I like initially my first instinct is three, three first rounds th- the the three, all three picks is where I would draw the line. Like I would give up two plus like Hertz and what like, or, or a later a later pick or something or like more more later picks um i yeah. would still want to keep one of the first rounders just because of how deficient the the talent level is at on on defense uh so yeah, yeah definitely. I, I there's think some right sticker now, shock to that and i think at least in seeing the eagles all the eagles fans are acting they're all like hell no like three three all of our first round picks this year, next year, second, like that's too rich. I agree. I, I think I would consider two of this year's first round picks. And if you can somehow spread out uh, the burden of that price over this year and next year and kind of going with some seconds and thirds, but I think it's all going to come down to, you know, Seattle doesn't have to trade him. He's not demanding a trade. It's not like the Carson Wentz situation. So I think if the Seahawks are trading him, they're probably going to want to rebuild, you know, sooner than later, and they'll probably demand those first-round picks. So I think it'll all come down to cost and how he's comfort in, you know, kind of selling the cash of his day-one picks. And if if he can spread that burden, I think that would – I would, that would make me feel better because I do think there's holes and the Eagles, if they could get some uh, blue chip players, obviously that would make this team have a more sustainable future. So that's kind of where I'm at. If you, if you could do two of those firsts 
and maybe like a second round pick this year or next year. Yeah. I'd, I'd be on board with that, but three three first round picks this year, next year second. And that's, he's, that's he's 36 or he'll be 37 or, or something. Like I, I think that age can't not be a factor, even though some of these quarterbacks are playing well into their 40, late, late 30s, 40s. Um, he, he's not that old. That was a. He's 30, 36? He's 36, yeah. No, there's sure no is. way. He's like 31, 32, I'm pretty sure. He's not that old. 36 is like oh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, he's 33. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Not, yeah, not the youngest guy, but he's certainly got some prime left in him. I don't know why yeah. I thought he was older. And I do think, like, the... His numbers pre-injury this season, even on a struggling Seahawks team, he's he's still uh, an elite quarterback. And I'd even be surprised if the Seahawks would trade him because I think you know he he makes he makes whatever team he's on a an instant playoff team. You know, barring significant injury or like uh, something gone wrong with the team. So I think it'll definitely be something the Eagles consider and. If the price is right, I say make it. But the Eagles do have, you know, they can afford to walk away from something like that because Jalen Hurts got him to the playoffs this year. And even if you want to make the argument that it was kind of like a cheap year as far as the the teams they beat and the teams that they didn't, like, I think they certainly can run it back. And even though that's their stance publicly, I think, that's the only thing they would ever say. So it's certainly, it's certainly you know on the table for them to make a make a big trade or even go in the draft. But I, I think that's less likely. Yeah, I, I think that you know how how Hertz does this year is uh, going to indicate his his future. Uh, I think he's you know he's got it's a second year as the starter. He's going to have a shorter leash. Uh, they're gonna, they have a second place schedule, um, all those things. So, uh, I would, pro- I, I would probably be, you know, he, he improved, uh, greatly over the course of the season. The schedule did get easier towards the end, but if he continues that trajectory, I would be more, you know, inclined to, to, wanting him to to stay but i i think i would have a shorter leash with him going into this year than than last year but um i i got the the odds here this is per betonline.ag which i i don't i don't know i don't use them but our first sponsor ladies and gentlemen well I'm just sourcing. Um, <laughs> so the the top uh, this is odds on his team, if not the Seahawks. So the Seahawks are not uh, part of this. Um, Tampa seven to, seven to two odds. Saints and Steelers four to one. Dolphins five to one. Raiders eight to one. Bears Panthers ten to one. Broncos twelve to one. Browns Colts fourteen to one. Washington, New England, 20 to one Titans, 25 to one Niners, Packers, 
Jets 33 to one and Eagles 40 to one. So that's one, two, three, four, five, Very six, surprised seven, by eight, this. nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. We're the 16th team. Um, but that's also not like one of the major sports the, books. The Colts that... are not trading for Russell Wilson. You don't know. <laughs> with what with what good picks? Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know how teams mortgage their their future, uh, uh, yeah, or might have more its future. But you know, if they can get Russell Wilson, they're uh, they're probably you know top two seed out of the AFC. Yeah, I mean, there's a few teams in there. Like, I don't think the Saints like the Saints are going into a rebuild from the looks, yeah. but I don't think they're trading the, for the Jets. Had better odds, yeah. I mean, that's just what that's from that one sports book, but yeah. I'd I be, think I'd based be off of like rumblings that I've seen, the Eagles will certainly be higher on that list of uh, likely suitors. Yeah. Uh, should we talk about the other? Uh, Real quick, the other QB rumblings that we've heard so yeah, far. Yeah, I was just the read my mind. Um, yeah, so per Chris Mortensen, Mort Report, at Mort Report, uh, there's a belief that Colts uh, quarterback Carson Wentz will, quote, probably be traded or released before March 19th uh, when, 15 million, when his $15 million base salary becomes guaranteed. And his future in Indianapolis looks, quote, bleak. Tough um, one, huh? So, you know, that's that's uh, pretty rough. And, you know, I, I understand from the Colts' perspective, uh, they, well, I guess both sides, like they, they have a ready-to-win-now team around the quarterback position. Um, uh but you just traded a, a first for this like experiment of a, of a guy. So, you know, that's a big investment and now you have less capital to, to trade away. So they're sort of both desperate for a competent quarterback to lead them uh, into the playoffs, but also like pretty inflexible in their options other than, than Carson. Um, you know, there's, uh, the possibility of, uh, cousins who's, I think going into the last year of his deal in Minnesota, um, it would be solid there. I mean, I think he's a solid quarterback, but he's not like anything super special, but I think the Colts roster is pretty, pretty solid, uh, for, you know, a guy like that to come in and have success. I don't know how deep in the playoffs they would get, but I, I would, I would expect them to uh, contend for the division and maybe win a playoff game or two. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, it, it's tough for me to believe the report. Like uh, on the first day of the league year, 15 million in base salary will, you know, go, go into the shredder for the Colts. And that doesn't count against think, their dead cap money, right? That that's why they would wait. No, I mean they would have to pay yeah, that. That's, that. Yeah, once once that day hits, that's a trigger date. They pay up that money. It's they not, pay it, but it doesn't count against the cap if they trade him. 
Um, that would be my assumption. So, so yeah, no, I, you know, I believe so whoever, they wouldn't get the dead money hit. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's the case. It's a little, I'm we a need little, to get a cap guru I'm, on here or something. I'm not positive expert. just because he can't be formally traded. And we know this because of last off season, because there was that weird period. He, he was traded right around this time last year. And we were all holding our breath that like something could fall through, even though they've agreed on the terms, but uh, that trade wouldn't be able to be formalized until the first day of the league year when that money counts against the cap. So I would imagine it would go to the team that oh, has okay. traded for him, but I'm not positive. But I, it's just like they don't have because we were paying his some of his salary this year. Yeah, but I th- I think the way that his his contract was built, it's just the earlier years I think were more um, kind of beefed up in money and penalties. Um, but what I was gonna say is like. The Colts don't have this year's first round pick. So if they're trading for somebody, I I just don't see them having the appetite to give up more draft capital because they're already out, uh, you know, a prized pick. And on top of it, it's, they just made this trade last year. And I I know that, um, you know, the sunk cost fallacy, like it just because you made a bad decision, bad decision before it means that like the longer you stick with it, maybe you'll be able to get some value back out of it. Like, but I like, I thought he was, he's definitely like an average to above average quarterback any given week. So for me, I just, even though like, it's probably not the best decision, I don't think they would choose this outcome. You know, I don't think they'd sign up for it. Like they wouldn't give him any money if this was free agency, but they've already, you know, committed to him. What, I just don't see a way for them to upgrade that wouldn't require significant compensation either in the form of free agency or draft capital. So uh, they're, they're stuck in a tough spot. And I honestly, I don't see an outcome for them that isn't uh, painful in one way or another. And honestly, I, I think the the best potential outcome would just be once having a year similar to last in which he's not as like cataclysmic <laughs> when the, when the moment calls for him to just like not being a, an idiot with the football. But again, like, I don't know if you make the point that like they had a lot of pro bowlers, they got a very talented roster. Are they willing to burn another year of opportunity with the ball in his hands? So, I mean, it kind of just like boy i'm glad like how he dodged a bullet how he does not lose trades like he's (laughs) he's very good at trades and he's not so good at drafting uh even though he's definitely lost trades but this is this is one trade that there's not a like there was so much debate about who won that how many it could not be more clear um you said the best transaction of last year was a Devontae smith trade or the that pick, that yeah, the no, they're not. Yeah, I mean, it was hard for them to lose that trade. Yeah, well, how many trade trades? I mean, trust me, if we want to talk about, it, I can find some trades that right. he's lost. Next, next, uh, next episode, we'll have a list of uh, how he trade losses. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. like uh, free agent signings uh, don't count. 
Like of he's course. had misses on that. But. Yeah, I mean that's not a trade. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then the other the other big news, which I feel like is even more far fetched than uh, Carson getting traded, which I guess I I don't think is far fetched. It's just not super likely, but more likely than this is uh, turbulence in Arizona between quarterback Kyler Murray and and the Cardinals. He um, uh, deleted, I think this was the week before the Super Bowl, deleted all all of his Instagram posts with uh, Cardinals, uh, anything related to the Cardinals. I think he took the quarterback for the Cardinals out of his bio or something like that. And uh, there were reports that um, certain members within the the Cardinals organization were disappointed in his lack of growth, attitude, and maturity. And uh, Murray feels like he's been uh, he's being scapegoated for their uh, loss to the Rams. Um, he did come out with a post saying, you know, love or hate me, you know, I'm gonna do me or whatever. And he's committed to growth and um, getting better. Uh, but you know, those, those reports painted him as a finger pointer, blaming others, um, you know, immature, I think, uh, body language is like an eye test thing that I don't think, you know, it's so arbitrary from, a like commentator perspective that I think, you know, he could have bad body language, but that doesn't mean he's a bad you know, leader. I mean, he is pretty young uh, still, but you know, Mahomes and you know Brady has bad body language a lot. Yeah, too, it's and, an emotion. It's know, an emotional game, and the, when like yeah, the stakes are high. Like, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying it's something that like you would like to see as a fan of that team, but I don't know. It to me when I saw this I was like, well, I mean, so many, so many like players in the spotlight go through a moment like this and i i think he's still like a franchise quarterback and i like earlier in the season like i feel like he was like at least in the conversation of like early season mvp so yeah um, i I, I would trade three first for him (laughs) you would um yeah i mean he's he's definitely the right age profile for a guy to invest in and I think he's got the upside. So me, me, yeah. I don't think the the Cardinals would entertain any offers. He's younger than Ben Simmons. Yeah, nice. He's twenty four. Yeah. yeah. He's like the same age as uh, Hertz. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, th- I think he's definitely in the upper tier. Hertz is twenty three, but but I, I mostly think that this is just kind of like off season trauma. I don't really think it's indicative of any change to come i think if anything it'll probably be uh the cardinals finding a new head coach next year to kind of unlock the next level of murray yeah i wonder if it's uh clingsbury's camp uh, leaking these things it's not me it's the kid <laughs> yeah but... uh, i and i guess like uh other kind of names i've heard garoppolo obviously we know uh, there's there's no secret there. He's not going to be with the 49ers next year. They just took Trey Lance in this year's pa- this past draft. So um, he's the type of guy where like he should be off the board of consideration for the Eagles. I know that like he's not even 
it just feels like that would be silly. He doesn't have uh like upside. Like he he's won a lot. Um but he's like at his level right now, yeah, which is he's a know, he's a he's a floor raiser for teams that don't have a yeah a viable quarterback plan for like the next season. I, like I, I and I don't know like people are saying that a team out there, a QB needy team, and there are uh, teams out there that are QB needier than the Eagles. And I think that maybe he'd be in consideration for them, but like, I don't know if he gets traded for a first round pick, like that'd be wild in my opinion, just cause like, and I know Carson Wentz was, he did not have a, like he crumbled when it mattered. I don't Kirk Cousins he, could be traded for a first round. See that too. I think that's too rich. And I, I think a lot of it, he did just, have feeling and Jefferson uh, to throw to, but he's, he's on the last year of his deal. I think whichever team trades for him would have to uh, pay forty million. So, like you're you're basically trading for the rights to renegotiate his deal, and I'm not sure how many teams would be eager to do that when the alternative with that first round pick would be, you know, uh, putting in a few other picks to trade for a better quarterback who isn't on an expiring contract essentially, or picking a quarterback of the future. If you find somebody that's that you deem that in the draft. So, yeah, I think the first for cousins is only a a team that's, you know, like a Colts team, like a win now sort of desperate. They don't have a first round pick. Yeah. But I'm saying, but from a value perspective, if they had like he he would be worth a first round pick to a team like that. Maybe. I don't know if I don't know if he'd be able yeah, to find still, a partner. There's still a cost. That was the Colts even last if year. You don't have the money. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. I agree. I, I think the Eagles are very fortunate that that opportunity presented itself. Yeah. I don't think that that will happen every offseason. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I mean, that I, was a match I made in heaven. Yeah. In the the Steelers, uh are the only team that comes to mind that's, you know, a, a winning, you know, 15 straight years of the winning season, you know, they're, yeah, and they're, they're not a rebuilding type franchise. So that they got a solid defense, got a solid offense. So, yeah, I, I just feel like if, if I'm the Steelers, like would I would I rather give up a first round pick uh, for the rights to Cousins? Because if you're trading for him, you're you're re- renegotiating that contract most likely. Because it's not like if you're taking on that salary, why would you do it for one year if you could renegotiate or and extend it? So like you'd have to be interested in Cousins for the next few years, or else that is a that is a hefty mm-hmm. price to pay to pay that hefty price. So it's yeah. like, would I, would I rather do that or would I rather trade like uh, like a fourth round pick for Minshew and see how that shakes out? Like, I, I think there's cheaper ways to go about finding a competent quarterback or you can draft one or you can trade for a better one uh, with more draft capital. But yeah, it'll be an interesting offseason to see uh, which teams value what quarterbacks and to what extent. 
Yeah. Um, all right. I, I think, um, you know, we'll, we'll wrap up here with some, uh, more Eagles news. Um, uh, so this, I guess is, uh, weeks old, but Jonathan Gannon ends up staying the, uh, with the Eagles, uh, as our defensive coordinator with, uh, Lovey Smith getting hired by the Texans, uh, former, former bears coach getting promoted, getting promoted. Uh, he, yeah, he was, uh, their defensive coordinator. Um, Jalen hurts had a uh, ankle surgery. Uh, Jalen to, hurts. what did I say? Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, Jalen right. Hurts. Yeah, <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Uh, For some reason, in my mind, I heard uh, Jalen Mills. Uh, no, no, yeah. <laughs> That's how long we have. We've gone between pods. So uh, yeah, he should be fully recovered. Uh, that's per uh, Tom Pelsero uh, by the start of OTAs in the spring. Um, uh, you know, the Pro Bowl happened. The Eagles had uh, Jake Elliott um, and uh, Josh Sweat with Darius Slay and Javon Hargrave and Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey did not participate. Um, and on a Jason Kelsey note, per Jeff McLean, he reveals this uh, This past year was supposed to be his last, but indications are that he will be back next year, which is a uh, massive deal for the offensive line. And uh, with Isaac Sayamalo back, uh, you'll have Mylotta, Dickerson, Kelsey, um, say Malu and, and Lane Johnson. So that's a best, best line in the league, if not top, top few. So that's pretty good. And congratulations to Doug Peterson for landing the Jacksonville Jaguars head coaching job. He brings press Taylor with him as his, uh, offensive coordinator. Um, yeah, so he gets to work with Trevor Lawrence, uh, think it's a great fit i'm excited for that i think that they'll be uh a solidly not good team instead of a dumpster fire uh so that'll be great and they come to philly this year um so that'll be a uh doug will get a warm welcome for sure uh, when he comes back i think that'll be one of the most anticipated games of the year even though it is against jacksonville but who knows how how they'll end up uh, doing with uh, who's their, their running backs NTN or what, whatever his name is, He's the Clemson mm-hmm. guy. So they'll get him back uh, after he missed the full season. Um, they have a couple young uh, receivers down there. So uh, congrats to Doug. So what, what, out of curiosity, what makes you think it's a great pairing? Cause I don't think it's a bad one, but like, do you think Doug's happy to get this? I mean, of course he's happy. I mean, mm-hmm. do you think he's happy out of what the available jobs were? Um, how, what other jobs did he interview for? The, um, Vi- the Vikings job? No, I'm not sure what else. Yeah, he I was think it was the Vikings for. and maybe the Bears. Yeah, um, I, that's just, I, <laughs> I didn't track where he interviewed, but as yeah. far as the openings, I think if, if he had a list of the openings, and I imagine he would have gone to whichever, mm-hmm. to me, it, it doesn't, so like, I guess like pros and cons, like pros, you got Trevor Lawrence, you have, I think the most cap space in the league to sign free agents. 
I'm not sure if it goes much longer than that. Or I mean, can you think of any other good reasons besides it just being like uh, a head coaching position? Do you think there's? Well, I think for him, you know, if he's looking to to go elsewhere, um, you know, I... he'll he'll have the opportunity to should turn around a base a basement yeah. team. Yeah, I um, guess probably that that third thing there is like pressure and like length of leash because like yeah. any incremental improvement like i, I mean i think showered that... with praise he's not on the hot seat like his owner is patient and like <laughs> that just he's a shows Super you how bad uh, was head coach so i think that he raises their floor for sure um from a what two two win team to probably if, at least the five win team depending on talent but i i think more this i guess is not answering your question but i i think from a fit perspective uh, a lot of those younger teams uh, i think benefit from a more development uh minded players type coach um similar to like i don't know if he's necessarily a development guy as a super yeah i feel like he's not but most uh, of the but he's definitely a players he's definitely a players coach which i think helps a younger inexperienced locker room um and he should command uh respect from the perspective that he he did win a super bowl and went to the playoffs three out of five years um and and was a part of the chiefs teams as as they ascended so uh i think you know all that all that will uh improve the team to some extent i i do think that uh there was an element to um you know experienced coordinators around him the super bowl year uh which uh you know sirianni didn't have and he had a solid year as a first year head coach too so there, there's a lot of factors but i think the fact that he's a player's coach in a locker room that was extremely toxic from the like the hard ass type uh, coaching model of Urban Meyer, uh, similar with uh, the Vikings, like the Zimmer is more of the hard ass type coach. Um, I'm not really sure what um, O'Connell or whatever his name is, the Rams OC, former Rams OC is like, but I, I thought that Doug would be a, a good fit in Minnesota also based on, you know, the, the change in locker room, the change in culture, uh, that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. I, I think that the, uh, the, the Jaguars getting an experienced head coach. That's a player's coach for a younger locker room is, is a good fit. Um, that's more from the Jaguars perspective, but for, yeah. for Doug, I mean, I think it's a way, a way back, um, to head coaching and whether it's a stepping stone or not, I think it's a, it's a solid fit for him with the lower expectations, easier, um, sports town. Um, you know? Yeah. I do think it's a, like, I do think it's a good point that he is a very player friendly coach. And I think, you know, all the Eagles players, they loved him. It was very clear. And, you know, I do see the similarities between Sirianni and him in that regard, but I do think, and like I'll I'll say very quickly, like I don't I don't have a great understanding or feel for the Jags roster, 
but I know it's really important. The Eagles locker room and the relationships in there when Peterson was coaching, a big part of what fostered that really good locker room culture was like he did respect the players and he leaned on the, the team leaders in that locker room, like uh, Malcolm Jenkins and Jason Kelsey and Jason Peters, those uh, well-respected veterans who had buy-in in his approach. I, I could see that not landing as well with a bunch of young players if they don't have those kind of um, those guys to lean on in the locker room that have been in the NFL and have, you know, not to make this like a winning culture thing, but I, I definitely think that that works better when you have the buy-in from well-respected veterans who have like been in the league in a while. And my sense is that Jags team is a bunch of young players there's not too many stars. They have a few couple, couple like Chenault, I think. Chenault, I think, is a couple years in the league. And DJ Chark, Jr. Chark, Chark's a free agent now. Oh, he's a free Chenault's agent. Chenault's like in his third year. But yeah, no, I, I get it. I, I'm, I'm not, not saying that the massive leaders, but some of these guys have been there a couple years. Like, uh, I think in Gawkway and uh ramsey like were were there a few years and then left yeah uh, so you know some some of these guys are there a few years still there yeah i think i think peterson is a great hire as far as the jags getting the stink off their organization like even mm-hmm. if it doesn't go well it'll go much smoother it's kind of a reset i think it's a great hire for them as far as doug it kind of feels like like an okay opportunity. And I do think it's telling, like he, he says that he took, he took a break last year, but I do think the league was a little cold on him after how things went uh, the past two years with the Eagles, as far as his play calling abilities, his creativity, his reluctance to uh, cut ties with a few of the, the guys that he wanted to build a staff around like a press tailor. So it seems yeah, but like I he think still has Hi- that itch to bring back the old band. But I think with hindsight, like, you know, you see Carson for what he was uh, a little bit and, and the, the, the blame on Doug and his play calling and his staff choices and all that stuff is, you know, maybe still, uh, you know, you could still be skeptical about it, but I think it's uh, a little less so because of how poor the quarterback executed his vision for his offense. But, uh, you know, there's no way to, to quantify what was what or who, who was who or anything like that. So I I think that there's room for, um, uh, like an open mind where it comes to like press Taylor's back and, uh, and and Doug's creativity and all that stuff with uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence, who's going into a second year, who probably was ru- ruined to some extent, or last year definitely shouldn't say ruined because you know it was just his rookie year, but uh, hindered by Urban Meyer. So oh, stunted, um, maybe. Yeah, stunted. Sure. Yeah. So I think you know that's an exciting. Uh, that's an exciting. Uh, storyline to watch and i much look forward to that more than what the the hoping carson fails uh 
uh, storyline of last year is more of a hoping Doug succeeds of uh, this upcoming year. But um, yeah, do, do you have any uh, other pressing things uh, to um, go over? Yeah, let's just go back to Gannon real quick. I mean, I think even though it's like no real news, I, I know I'll speak for myself here. Like I was looking forward to hearing like what his replacement would be if he ended up getting that job. But it, it never really sounded like the Eagles were looking outside for candidates. Like it seemed like if anything, they're prepared to have an internal hire. And I know a lot of people are talking about Vic Fangio. And I think I saw something today, like there was 11 teams who were eager to talk to him about be, becoming their defensive coordinator. And he's actually, it sounds like he, he'll just be taken an off year similar to Doug Peterson. Mm-hmm. Maybe he ends up being like a consultant for some team. So it sounds like he was off the board. Um, I don't know whatever ended up happening with Zimmer. I don't think, I think he's, he's taking a year off or something. Okay. So maybe that's, maybe that's that, that the Vogue better. thing for defensive yeah. head coaches that recently got fired. But, um, you know, I think, I, I like, I, I'm a little divided here because Gannon got interviews after his first year. That wasn't that great. He'll probably get interviews next year, even if it's, um, you know, it just seems like eventually he'll get hired and we'll, we'll need a replacement. But I guess in the interim, that gives the Eagles a chance to identify and grow that internal candidate who would replace him, or at least gives the defense some consistency. So I guess like there's there's definitely reasons uh, to feel good about him coming back. I think there's long term things to feel like um, like this will eventually just you know we'll we'll have to find somebody to to replace him for better or worse. But I don't know. Were you? I guess like what was your wave of emotions of finding out he's back? Yeah, I feel like it was kind of funny how quickly the the narrative changed from like the end of the year you need to fire Gannon and uh, uh, not saying you were saying that, but like a lot of, I'm seeing a lot on Twitter and hearing on sports radio, like you, Gannon's got to go. He sucks. He can't, uh, you know, he was only good against bad offenses, bad quarterbacks, this and that. And then he gets all these head coaching yeah, his, interviews. His phones are ringing off the hook. Yeah. For and then it's like, well, he never had any talent. I'd want him back to see what he can do with some real players. Uh, so, right. um, you know, I, I think that um, uh, there was probably uh, there, there's probably some truth to like he had the sort the less aggressive, more more passive defense because of the personnel. And I, I I'm curious to see if they do uh, draft defense or acquire uh, through free agency defensive uh, impact players. Uh, how how his defensive philosophy will change. Um, so uh, as, as far as him staying, I think it's good for, uh, I saw a point on, on Twitter, I think it was Elliot Shore Parks, but maybe somebody else, um, uh, uh, stating like the stability factor. And I think that that uh, isn't something to negate. I'm not sure how much to... Uh, uh, put into it but uh you know the the going through a a carousel of coordinators and coaches uh i think is not 
you know, recipe for success. And um, uh, I think he definitely has potential to be a good defensive coordinator based on all the buzz he got as a, as a head coach. And even when he got hired as a defensive coordinator, like there was a lot of buzz around him. So the emotions, I, I think, right after the season where uh, they give up what 31 points they're they're down 31, nothing in a playoff game. I'm thinking like, why, how is this guy like still doing the same stuff he did in the first five, six weeks of the uh, season. But then you kind of look at the roster and, and don't blame him as much and this and that. But uh, I think overall, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does with uh, hopefully how he's improved defense. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at right now uh, with him. But uh, I wouldn't say I'm like, you know, attached to him one way or another that I would be really upset if he left or happy that he left or upset or happy that he stayed. So I, I'm just looking forward to seeing what he does next year. And I think a two-year sample size for Sirianni, Gannon, Hurts, all these, all these pieces is... Uh, going to be pretty informative on uh, uh, opinions of, you know, what, what their futures with the Eagles should be. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, just some quick hitters here. Tom Brady retired. Last team he beat was the Eagles in the playoffs. So a little send off victory for him, the goat on all accounts. Um, the, Washington football team is no longer. How do you feel about the new name? I think it sucks. Yeah, uh, it's really stupid. I didn't think the jerseys were as bad as people were were saying. Ooh, I, uh, I feel the opposite. <laughs> I think the jerseys were horrendous and the name is just fine. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> the name's stupid. That... Yeah, I mean, like, I, I get that. But at the same time, it's just like, I think if any... Like there's such a large group, or I think there's a large number of NFL teams that if they were introduced as team names today, you'll get the same reaction. I feel like so much of that is like it's just new, and I think the public tends to like dislike things out of just like <laughs> like having knee jerk reactions. Not saying that's what like I th I think you could have a gripe with it, but just on the premise of like. Um, I don't know. There's there's tons of like just as an example, this is an NFL, but like the Utah Jazz, like that's been grandfathered in as like an acceptable name. But if that was introduced as a team name, you'd be like, what the hell? I think you it would be like genre of music. It would be different and like creative. Like the the last three new name teams, uh, the Cleveland Guardians, which I don't I think is fine. Like I I'm not. I think it, you know, find a good, I don't think it was like, I didn't think much of it, but I think that's pretty solid for a name. Like I wouldn't want to think a name of an, of a team. That's not my team is like really awesome. Uh, so I'm not going to have like pride in some, but anyway, uh, Vegas golden Knights and uh, Seattle Kraken. So I think that, you know, the Kraken makes sense for Pacific Northwest fishing, all that stuff. And you got the Golden Knights, I, you know, that's a unique thing. I, I don't know if Golden Knights are anything specific to Vegas, but, uh, you know, it has a, the, the, the strip feel like there's a, a show type situation. I don't know. I think 
I think a, t- a team, a new team name revealed that has like no reaction to like, okay, is, is like a great team name. And like the commanders is just like, I, I just think it's like cheat. It's like way too campy. It's stupid. Like, <laughs> like the Eagles, I mean, is like an America type thing, but I, I feel like any animal is like fine. Like all animal team names are, are like fine. But like the Cardinals, like there's already a Cardinals. <laughs> there's a, yeah, but uh, there's already a Giants, you know. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, if, but if like, you went, I mean, like, if you went through you every team in the and NFL and, <laughs> and Tigers. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that those are kind of like you, you can have like un, uninspired names, but I think commanders is just stupid. You have in that in that town, you got commanders, nationals, capitals and wizards. Wizards yeah. is the only like creative or I don't even know if it's creative because you, I, f- I feel like uh, this, the nation's capital could have more creative uh things but whatever we don't have to get into naming stuff um yeah so that's uh that's it that's it for me Uh, i think you know nothing too pressing we're getting into the off season uh we'll be back uh eventually um uh, if there's any big news um we'll be back sooner than later but uh we'll we'll have some fun stuff planned for the off season yeah, free agency uh, the, coming the up. Doldrums. Yeah, free agency coming out. The draft coming up. Not too far. Combine. After Combine. Lots of fun stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff. I'm sure, the rumor rumor mill will start spinning. Stove will start warming yeah. up on Stove will heat up. Eagle, Eagles connected to XQB. So, what do you think? Um, what do you think will happen sooner? Uh, the Carson Wentz. Uh, drama in Indianapolis gets resolved, whether the team commits to him or trades him or uh, a, an MLB deal done. Oh, that's a good one. So I think I saw today pitchers and catchers were supposed to report yesterday. Yep. <sighs> I mean, I'll go with the one that has like a real deadline right now. So I'll go with the Wentz's situation. Well, so I, I think I saw something that like the Colts won't be motivated by, you know, the financial implications. They would be willing to take the 15 mil if it meant that they could find the right partner for a trade. Not sure how much I believe that, but it seems like there's a deadline, but maybe they won't treat it as a hard deadline. But I'm going to go with the one that has an actual date attached to it. All right. And I, I just don't first. see I don't see the uh, the MLB owners being very yeah. forgiving in their negotiations. So yeah. I don't know when we'll see baseball. Yeah, very sad. But uh, for Mike, I'm Ian, and thanks for listening.